Welcome to Passion Life Church. This morning, anybody glad that the presence of God is not only here, but in our lives this morning? Good to see you. Welcome to church. Today we conclude this amazing series uh, called The Catalyst. And we just called it Catalyst because I think it's a, it's a great way just to define how the Holy Spirit works. A catalyst is an element or agent that comes into our lives or can come into a mix of powers, can come into a mix of people. And what it can do is it'll accelerate growth in people's lives. Not only that, what it can do is it can cause a change in people's lives or uh, an element and it can change that element without being changed itself. And so a catalyst and the Holy Spirit comes into our lives to accelerate growth. Now, let me just encourage all of you. Growth is a process. Do you know that the Christian life is not a sprint? It's a marathon. Everybody say this with me. Say it's a journey. It's a journey. So I don't know where you are today in your journey. Today you may just be coming back to church. But you know what? Congrats to you that you're making the step to be on this journey. Maybe some of you are further along and you've taken some steps back. And you're just like, wow, I, you know, I'm just not where I need to be. Can I just encourage you? It's a journey. Get up and keep moving. This life that God has for us is more like a marathon race than it is a sprint. And so the Holy Spirit's going to come and it's going to help you grow. And I just believe that it's so important as believers that we understand how the Holy Spirit works. And that's really what we've been doing is we've just been outlining how he works in our lives. Do you know that it's possible to miss the Holy Spirit's work in your life? And what you're, we're going to find out today as we look at some gifts that God gives us, we're going to look at uh, some gifts that God gives us and then what the Bible calls spiritual gifts. What you're going to find is you may be having this happen in your life already and you don't even know, but we want to make you aware of how the Holy Spirit is working in your life. And so God has some gifts for you. And I don't know about you, but I love gifts and you should love receiving the gifts that God has for you. And let me just encourage you, you should want everything that God has for you. Can I hear a good amen today? Whatever God has for you. Listen, it's not weird. It's not awkward. It's what God has for you and say, God, I want everything that you have for me. And so God gives us some gifts. Number one, and I like to start here, he gives us the gift of eternal life. Eternal life. I like to start at this place here. This is really Christianity 101 because our church does really well with people that are coming back to church. We, our church does really well with people who said, man, I've been lost, but you know what? I'm coming back. And you need to know the first gift that God wants to give you is the gift of eternal life. And so Romans chapter 6 verse 23 bears this out. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But everybody say that with me. Say what? The gift. Would you say that a little bit louder? What is it? The gift. The gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Did you know that God did not want to spend heaven without you? And he wanted you to be there, so he sacrificed his own son on a cross to pay for your sins. Now, this scripture in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, says the wages of sin is death. There's a wage that's attached to sin. When we sin, it has to be paid for. Now, here becomes the question, who's going to pay for your sin? Jesus paid on the cross for your sin. That's where we have faith in that. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. God gives us his grace. He doesn't give us what we deserve. He gives us his grace and we receive it through faith. And then it says this, This is not from ourselves. It is a gift from God. So God gifted us his son to pay for our sins. Now, some people are really, really stubborn about, I'm going to pay for my sin. I'm going to pay for my own sin. Well, listen, Jesus already paid for that. But if you do not receive him as your Lord and Savior, there's only one payment left. That's why people will spend eternity in a place called hell to pay for their sins. But the good news is you don't have to. You just receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And guess what? God gives you eternal life. And here's the second gift that God gives us. He gives us the gift of his Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5 says, Do not leave Jerusalem. God, when Jesus was ascending to heaven, he had died and he rose again. He was ascending to heaven. He was talking to his disciples. And this is what he said. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift 
my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, God has given you his Holy Spirit, and it's a gift, just like salvation. And the Holy Spirit is a gift, and how do we receive it? By faith. Everything that you receive from God, you receive by faith. You receive it by faith. And it's important that we receive the Holy Spirit. Now, Pastor Phil, why are you pointing out that this is, we just receive the gifts? Now, notice the gift of eternal life, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of God's Son, all came to you free. It did not cost you anything. As a matter of fact, it cost God his Son. He gave it to you. We receive by faith. You couldn't earn it. We were undeserved. But guess what? He gave it anyway. And I emphasize that because as we start to talk about here's number three, which God gives us spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts. Here's, here's what happens. When he gives us spiritual gifts, we don't earn them. Listen, however, his gifts to be manifested, we have to step out in faith. We have to step out in faith for these gifts to be used. Now, we don't earn them. Spiritual gifts are not something that you earn. It's however, in order to see them working in your life, you are going to have to take a step of faith. Now, you may have heard in certain circles this word. It's called charismatic. The word charismatic simply means spiritual gifts. The word charis in the Greek, the New Testament was written in Greek. The word charis actually means grace. These are grace gifts that God gives to us. They are given to him, given to us by his grace. One translation actually says a divine enablement. Now you may have heard that word charismatic. There's charismatic churches. There's charismatic Christians. I heard this story. It was pretty funny of a pastor that um, he was moving to a new location to start a church. So he went to the bank and when he went to the bank, he had to see the teller to open up the account. And so when he was opening up the account, the, te- the um, actually the banker, not the teller, he had to see a banker, but the banker waved him over and she was on the phone and he came and he sat down and he noticed while she was on the phone that she had some Christian doodling going on on her notepad. She had a fish. How many of you have recognized the fish? She had a doodle. She had the cross that she had doodled, right? And, and so she got off the phone and he said, oh, he said, you're a Christian. And he likes to do what us as pastors like to do a lot. And that's not tell people we're pastors. Just to see how people act without them knowing that we are not pastors. Because once we introduce ourselves as a pastor, right, everything changes, right? And uh, I thought it was funny. We were at a uh, Cinco de Mayo party yesterday and the guy had made tacos al pastor. And I, he said, oh, these are tacos al pastor. I was like, did you make those for me? Because, you know, I'm a pastor, right? Two totally different things. But anyway, so he sat down at this table and he says, oh, are you a Christian? And he didn't tell her he was a pastor. She says, yes, I am a Christian. And so when she realized that he was a Christian, she took on the opportunity to invite him to her church. And so she said, hey, listen, if you're a Christian, you need to come to our church. I will tell you a couple things. Number one, the worship's a little loud. Number two, the speaker's very real. He's great. And then she said, but listen, we're not charismatic or anything. And so here's what he said. He goes, what do you mean by charismatic? And she goes, you know, handling snakes and stuff. Handling snakes and stuff is not what charismatic is. That's as far from the truth as possible. And that is, there is a scripture, actually, to read it today. But that has nothing to do with, with charismatic. All right? Charismatic just simply means the grace gifts that God gives us. And if you're wondering, we are a charismatic Christian church. And has anybody seen a snake in here? All right. Now, if you see one, it's not something that we did. I was preaching one time in a place, and there was a bat that came down. I've had some interesting things happen while I was preaching. But uh, if, if you see a snake, it's not because we're charismatic, all right? It's because somebody left the door open. But unfortunately, what happens is we laugh, is it? But people are confused about spiritual gifts. And what I wanted to do today is kind of break some 
break these spiritual gifts down so you can recognize them and uh, that you're not ignorant when it comes to them. You know, Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, he says, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. In other words, we need to get understanding. What's the opposite of being ignorant? It's getting understanding. Now, why and where does this confusion come from? I want to set a little bit of a foundation for us today. This confusion comes from, there are some people that believe that miracles died when the apostles died. There are people that believe that the spiritual gifts died when the apostles died. This is what we call cessationism. And that's what it means. It means that when the apostles died, when the last apostles died, there's no more miracles, right? There's no more spiritual gifts. Well, here, in, here lies the challenge. If there was one miracle after the last apostle died, then that belief system doesn't work. Right, And we believe that the great physician who is Jesus has not closed shop. He's still healing people today. He's still touching people today. And how many of you here at Passion Life Church would even say that you have seen a miracle in your life? Let me see your hand. Look at all of these hands. Right, So come on. Yeah, we can give God a great round of applause because his miracle working power is still alive today. Right? Now, I don't think that's the truth that turned people off. I actually think it's the packaging that turns people off when it comes to spiritual gifts. And I actually believe that it's only one that really people don't understand, and that's the gift of tongues. Um, and, and so today what I want to do is I want to kind of go through these spiritual gifts and, and have us have an understanding of, of them. And let me say this, and also understand the motivation. Like, why did God give us his son? Well, we understand he gave us his son to, you know, forgive us of our sins so we can have a relationship with God. God gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit so we could be empowered. But actually, do you know that he gave us the spiritual gifts for a reason? And what was that? What was the motivation behind these gifts? You know, the word gifts in the New Testament, the Greek word actually means this. Gifts mean gifts that prove Jesus' generous nature. When we flow in these gifts, here's what it does. It proves Jesus' generous nature. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a generous, a generous God. We have a generous God that would not even spare his only begotten son. And I think it's funny that here we are, our God is so generous, but then when it comes to like giving or tithes and offerings, we're actually debating the scriptures about how much we shouldn't give. I, I don't get that. That's what I love about Zach. Would you give Zach a great round of applause? Um, he's, he's doing the offering and, you know, I'll tell you this, Zach's a faithful giver. Man, when, when we have people up on this stage and they're talking to you about giving, this, we don't just randomly select people. We look at people and we're like, wow, you know what? You're an incredible example of giving. That's why he's up there encouraging, encouraging us to give and to follow God. But can I just tell you that God is a generous God and these gifts prove his generous nature. And here's what these gifts are. The gifts are the instantaneous enablement in the life of any believer for the edification of another. Let me say that again. The gifts are, and here's why God gives it to us, the gifts are the instantaneous enablement in the life of any believer for the edification of another. And it's important that we understand these are grace gifts. We didn't do anything to earn them. God bestowed them and gave them to us freely, and he actually wants us to desire them, right? And uh, he's given them to us not only for us to enjoy, but here's an important thing that you're going to see today is these gifts are not just for us to enjoy, but God gives them to us so we can help and edify other people. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so each of us can help one another. Now, it's important to note that because some people think that these spiritual gifts are just for the pope, just for pastors, just for apostles. But as we look in here today, we're going to find out that we're supposed to desire spiritual gifts. Jesus talks about being that, that signs will follow us when we believe. Now, also, you're going to find that not only God is going to use you maybe to help and edify other people, but God is going to use other people. There's maybe times where somebody may edify you 
And that's why the purpose of this gift, because God wants to not only use you to help others, but there may be times where he may use others to, to use the gifts to help you. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. This is where we're going to start looking at these nine spiritual gifts of the Spirit that has been given to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. Here's where we're going to be at today. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. Just look at the big Bible on the screen. You can also download our app, Passion Life Church Marietta. On the app is a free Bible. Um, it's, it's pretty awesome. You can download that. Let's look at these spiritual gifts. Uh, and what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you the cliff notes. I'm going to give you the highlight reel because of the time that we have together. We could literally spend a whole series just on this, and we may at some time in the future. But I, what I really wanted to do is make them simple because here's what I found. The more information that I give you, you won't remember. So if I make these real simple for you, you will actually understand them and walk out and go, okay, I remember that. I understand that. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, Paul is writing and he says this, there are a diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of administrations. Okay, so what does that mean? I think you're going to really love this. What this means is that there are different gifts, and we're going to look. There's actually more than nine. If you read in Romans, there's other gifts as well. But he's talking about there's a diversity of gifts. So there are gifts that are going to be in operation at different times. And this is what's so cool. You may be at Winco shopping and you may need one gift and another, maybe someone else is at the mall and you're doing something and you may need another gift. And here's the point. There are gifts for whenever you need them, wherever you're at. So wherever you're at, there's a diversity of gifts and these can flow at any time in different places. They're administered out differently at different times, but guess what? It is the same spirit. It is the catalyst working on the inside of you. Verse six, there are diversity or differences of operations. So they operate differently, but it's the same God who worketh with all. Now watch, he's gonna tell us another reason why he's given us gifts. And I believe this is gonna bless you. Verse seven, but the manifestation of the spirit Spirit is given to, can you say that? Every man. Does it say it's given to every pastor? Every, every, every deacon of a church? No, it's given to every single person. And here's why. It's given to every man to profit, to profit with all. When these gifts are in operation, it will actually profit your life. So when I operate in these gifts, I'm going to help you profit. And when God uses you to help me, guess what? It's going to happen. They're going to help me profit because the goal is to profit with all. So let's look at these, at these nine gifts. And again, I'm just going to give you the highlight reel and uh, the nine gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. Let me, let me backtrack just for a minute. Um, let me go back here. It's given to all. Now, we just read that scripture that it's given to every man to profit with all. But I want to show you something else. Paul talks about it. If you go to 1 Corinthians 14, 1, he tells us, pursue love and watch this, desire spiritual gifts. You and I, God through the apostle Paul is telling us we're supposed to desire these. Now, if this was only for a certain couple of people, why would he be telling us all to desire these? Desire these spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. And I'm going to, um, if you're real spiritual, you say prophesy. You don't say prophesy. We're gonna prophesy. You say prophesy. It's like when you're real spiritual, you say God. But when you're normal, you say God, right? So I'm going to help you define the God and the God and the prophesy and prophesy. Now, I'm being very funny on purpose, but I think here's what happens. We over-spiritualize things so much that we don't even know how to use what the Bible tells us we're supposed to use. Because, listen, we serve a supernatural God. But as I break these down for you, you are going to find that some of these things are already in operation in your life. You just didn't know it. And what happens, I think, is because we're looking for the spectacular, we miss the supernatural. 
We're looking for fireworks, right? We're looking for miracles of the Red Sea moment. Pastor Phil, I went into the bathtub the other day to take a bath and I took a step and the water didn't part. God must not be up to miracles anymore. And I think, and there are Red Sea moments. There are moments in your life that God will move mountains. Come on, somebody. He will move mountains in your life, right? But you got to understand what mountains are. Mountains are problems, right? But I think sometimes we watch too much Bruce Almighty. Have you ever seen that? Where he's walking and he's just kind of like, you know, let's, and, and when we break these down, some of you are going to go, I've experienced that. And what I'm telling you today is when you, when you, when you realize that, you've experienced the Holy Spirit. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. Are you ready to dive in this morning? I can't hear you. Ready to dive in this morning? All right, so here we go. 1 Corinthians 12, 8. It says, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. Now remember, he says to one. But that means that you could be the one at a certain place that you may need this gift. And they are available to you whenever you need it. He talks about the word of wisdom. Let's backtrack. Let's go back. Remember, we did an ideal family series and we talked about wisdom. What did we say? Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to plot, apply knowledge, right? Uh, this happened to my dad in El Paso, Texas. He's walking up to the courthouse, and as he's walking up dressed to go to court in a full-piece suit, he sees this little black thing that looks like a cat. Well, unfortunately, it wasn't just black. It had a stripe on its back, right? Knowledge says it's a skunk. Wisdom says get the heck out of there before you get sprayed. That's what wisdom says. He didn't move. He got sprayed. And he walked into the courthouse. He told me it was the most awkward day of his life. He walked into the courthouse and people were like, oh, my God. Oh. And he's walked, right, because wisdom will tell you what to do in specific situations. That's how we separate wisdom from knowledge. And wherever the wisdom of God is, you will find God's will. Wherever, if I pursue God's wisdom, then I will always end up in God's will. This guy that I really love, his name's Dr. Michael Maiden. He said this, wisdom is the God-given ability to perceive the true nature of a matter and implement the will of God. Now, this wisdom from a word of wisdom does not come from experience. Well, you know, I've done this and I've done that. Good for you. But have you ever been in a situation where it was so specific you had to make a decision and you didn't know what decision to make? Now, listen, I'm not talking about sinful morale. I'm talking about what do you do when you have two good decisions that you have to choose from? What do you do? Here's what you need. You need a word of wisdom. The Greek word for wisdom is this, the ability to know and deal with people. That's the actual Greek word for wisdom. Wisdom comes to help you in certain situations to make the right decision in specific situations. But the highlight of this is the ability to know and deal with people. How many of you have figured out that not everybody is like you? Because you know if everybody was like you on your job, your job would be great. If everybody was like you on the freeway, we'd have no problems. Thought I'd get a better amen from our commuting community. Right? If everybody was just like me, but they're not. We have different personalities, different types of people, right? And you go to work and sometimes you have to deal with specific situations, especially this word highlights people. Here's what you need to pray. God, I need a word of wisdom. How do I apply? What do I need to do in this specific situation? And here's the great news. God will give you a word of wisdom to help you in those moments. You may know what to do. Well, I kind of know what to do, but here's what wisdom does. Wisdom helps you to apply specifically. And here's the reality. You have this available to you by the Holy Spirit. You have this available. You have, God will actually even give you the correct words to handle situations correctly. And sometimes here's what I do. As things are happening, I will take a moment and say, Lord, I need a word of wisdom. 
I need a word of wisdom. Now, somebody may, family member may be talking to you on the phone about some things, and you're like, whoa, man, this is way beyond my pay grade. I don't, I don't. Here's what you do. You take a moment and you say, God, I need a word of wisdom. Give me a word of wisdom. Now, I, maybe some of you have come to this place where somebody has been talking to you, and you just say something, and they're like, wow, that was really good. And in your mind, you're going, that was pretty good. I don't even know where that came from. It's a word of wisdom that's operating in your life. And what it is, is it's the spiritual gifts. Pastor Phil, I thought this was going to be wild and crazy. It's not wild and crazy. Listen, it's the Holy Spirit manifesting one gift called the word of wisdom. And then he talks about, number two, the word of knowledge. In the Greek, listen to this. The Greek word for knowledge means this, being able to articulate God's understanding of life. Let me say that again. Being able to articulate God's understanding of life. So you're at the gym and you're working out and all of a sudden, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, you're at a place and all of a sudden you start talking to people and they start unloading on you. Some stuff that's going on in their life. There's, you know, oh, I don't know what to do. And see, I think sometimes for us that are new to the faith and new, you're like, man, this is not me. I'm not a pastor. I don't know what to say. Listen, you may, now not, not, you may not know what to say, but I want you to know God can give you a word of knowledge. Right where you are at, these gifts are in operation. Now, if you choose in life to reside only in your five senses, and most people do, this is where we live life, our five senses. We can understand, we smell things, we hear things. I've had people walk by me, smell my cologne and say, oh, you're wearing this, right? And they didn't even get close to me because their senses are so keen to think. My dad, we grew up Hispanic and he used to make homemade menudo. Now you never wanna make homemade menudo because it stinks to high heaven. And we could be driving down from the street, open up our windows and smell and go, and literally be like two blocks away and go, dad's making menudo, right? It would stink. Why? Because we just were so good in our five senses, how we feel things. And some people only live in that realm and they never get to spiritual gifts. They never get to a supernatural level. And what it does is we've practiced because we live in our five senses, but this is something new. See, so when someone talks to you at the gym or has a problem and starts saying things to you, you can automatically choose to default to five senses, but you will have very limited knowledge. But if you would just take a moment, and I always do this, I always do this when people are talking to me, Lord, I need a word of knowledge. Now, here's what this is. Somebody could be talking to you at the gym and they're saying, you know, they're really angry. And all of a sudden, what comes out of you is that you say, you know what? God loves you. And you know, you need to forgive that person. Where did that come from? God can give you the ability, listen, to articulate God's truth in life. Some of you are like, I don't know what to say. Listen, sometimes that's good because here's what God wants you to do. He wants you to open up your mouth and he will fill it with something. You know, uh, Psalms chapter 81 verse 10 says this, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Watch this, open up your mouth and I will fill it. Now, this is hard for us that are control freaks because we want to know everything all the time. This is hard for me. But listen, you got to have, you have to come to a point in your life. It's either going to be you in control or God in control. But this gift can come into play to really help people. And you can speak, oh, Pastor Phil, I've never won anybody to the Lord. Well, you can, because you know what? With the word of knowledge, God gives you the gift to be able to articulate God's understanding of life. Now, I always start off, and I'm going to be very, very simple today, because this, wasn't, this isn't something that I just, you're going to hear today, and you're going to walk out of here and walk in spiritual gifts. It's a process. And one of the things that I have learned is that for me, I always start with what I know and I open up my mouth and may say, you know what? Well, God loves you. And then I just wait for God to tell me what needs to be said in those moments. And I'm going to tell you, you know more than you think you do. But because we are connected to God, he can give you a word of knowledge to articulate God's understanding of life in people's life. Now, not only can God use you, but God can use other people to give you a word of knowledge. 
I've had this many times in my life. People have said things to me. Now, I always look at the character of the person. I have some specific people that I go to. But listen, that's why I always say it's so important. If you're going to see Christian counselors, and you need, if you're going to see counselors, see Christian ones. You want people that flow in the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. Because some problems aren't as easy to figure out. Have you ever been there? Right? And so the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge is made available to you. So in these moments, take a moment and say, God, I need a word of wisdom. When someone's talking to you and you feel like, man, I, I, I know, man, I wish Pastor Phil was here. He could probably, no, 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 no. You don't have Pastor Phil. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the catalyst who's right there with you. And if you will say and rely on him and say, Lord, give me a word of knowledge for this situation. You will say things and walk away and go, I don't even know how I said that. I know how God gave you a word of knowledge. Now, can I just help you? You don't have to say, Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> Blow the shofar. You don't have to do that. You don't got to do that. Can I just help you? Right? Well, Pastor Phil, I didn't feel a goosebump. You didn't have to. It's about faith. It's about articulating God's truth and letting him work through you. Is that a good word this morning? And then he says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, he says, to another he gives faith through the same spirit. Now notice, this is the gift of faith. In Romans chapter 12, verse 3, God tells us, watch this, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God has dealt to every man a measure of faith. People say, oh, Pastor Phil, I just need more faith. No, you need to use the faith that you have. God has already given you faith. He's given you a measure of faith. Why am I saying this? Because I'm going to separate this from the gift of faith. Because here's what's important. You have faith. He's dealt to you a measure of faith. You know, Jesus said, if you will just have the faith of a mustard seed, you could move mountains. In other words, it's not the size of faith. It's using the faith that you have. Yes, faith can grow. But listen, start right where you are at to start to believe God for what he has said. So you have faith. This is so important. And so you start using the faith that you have. I love what Tim Story says. He's going to be our guest speaker for our first Supernatural Night, July 15th, 5 p.m. You need to come. You, if you don't come, you're going to be missing out. If you stay home and watch This Is Us, I'm telling you, uh, you are missing out. Ow. But here's what, Tim, I love how he just kind of defined faith. He says this, just do it like it's going to work. Pastor, feel my back hurts and I feel, get up like it's gonna work in faith in Jesus' name and watch what he will do. Look at Jesus' ministry. He always asked people to do what they couldn't do. He told a man with a withered hand, stretch out your hand. How do you do that? He told a dead man to live. Work it, do it like it's gonna work. But here's the reality. Not only do you have a measure of faith, but this word faith in the Greek actually means to persuade. You have the ability to inspire and persuade faith in other people. God has called you not only to be able to give words of wisdom and words of knowledge, but God wants to use our life to inspire other people's faith. And so I just wonder, and when I was thinking about this, are you inspiring by the way you live your life? Are you inspiring people's faith? Or when people look at your life, are they doubting God? I want to be a person who's inspiring people's faith by how I believe. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect, but I'm just telling you, God has given you the gift of faith to inspire other people's faith. The world is so void of hope. Have you experienced that? They're void of hope, right? And God has given you the ability to bring hope. Why do you say hope, Pastor Phil? Because the Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Your life can inspire hope. I remember in high school, I was a drug dealer, but now I'm a pastor. I'm a hope dealer. Come on, somebody. Come on, let's deal some people hope. So many people are hopeless. Can I just tell you, be a faith and hope dealer. Don't be a faith and hope crusher. 
I'm tired of people and negative people. You can't hang out with negative people and expect to have faith. You need to hang out with world changers and people who are talking about doing things and dreaming and moving forward. And not about all the people that said, well, I want to hear faith. I want to hear people that are telling me what to do, what God can, uh, tells me to do. And you know what? If God said it, you can do it. But listen, you can be that for other people. And I think there's this idea that the church is just supposed to do, well, I'll just the pastor and, you know, the deacons and the elders, they'll do it. No, you are the church. We are the hope of the world, and we have to be out there inspiring people's faith. Do you remember the four guys that picked up the paralytic, the guy who couldn't walk, and Jesus was doing a life group, right? And he was doing a life group, and they couldn't get in, and they tore off the roof, and they tore off the roof, and they lowered their friend down, and Jesus said, the Bible says that he saw their faith. It wasn't just one. It wasn't just the sick person's faith. It was their faith. That means your faith counts. And I, I, I want to say this in, in all humility without being fake. There's some things I do because I know people are watching me. I can't go ballistic at the store. Especially when I go to pay and they're like, aren't you that pastor from Passion Life? But listen, I know you may not be a pastor, but you're a child of God and you represent the kingdom of God. We can't act like other people. We can't lose it and go ballistic just because there's two people in line in front of us. We're supposed to have the fruit of the spirit, patience, joy, love flowing on the inside of us. That's why we're heading into this, future, this, this new series called Fruitful because the Holy Spirit, not only does he do all this, but he actually brings fruit into our lives. So if the people in front of you are losing it, you are a child of God. You have patience. You have that on the inside of you. We have to start living our lives to inspire other people's faith. Can I hear a good amen? amen. You have the gift of faith. Your life can be an inspiration to other people. Here's number four, verse nine says to another faith, another two gifts of healing. Now, I want you to notice something. This is actually the first time it says gifts of healing. So this is plural here. So this denotes in the Greek, the root word comes from the word cure. It comes from whole, being whole. But there's another whole aspect to this. This word healing actually means medicine. All right. And so God can heal you divinely. We believe that. We still believe in miracles. But the the word healing also means medicine. God can use medicine to heal you. God can use that. What I do, I pray over my medicine. Thank you, Lord. I don't trust in medicine, but I do know this. God has used doctors in my life and medicine, and he's used that. He can use that to heal you. Why? What What is the goal? That you're cured. The goal is that you're cured. Right? So I hear people like, well, man, I just don't go to the doctor. I don't, you know, I'm just going to believe God. Well, can I just tell you, God's given us doctors. And that's one of the ways that he may heal you. So let's not despise that. Right? But go to the doctor. I always say, go to the doctor so he can tell you specifically what to pray for. And you pray. And if he can give you an herb or something that is going to help you, God can use that to help you get better. Right? Now, listen. I'm going to tell you, but then there's also, that's where we put our trust in God. I was listening to a message from our former, uh, our our previous church. And it was just funny because I was just watching them. And and, uh, the guy who was preaching was just talking about Tim Story, our our guest for Supernatural Nights. And he was talking about one of the miracles that happened in the service. And that that night that they had him, that um, there was a woman in a wheelchair. And she she had had a stroke. So a part of her her, her body was not working. I think it was the left side, her hand. She couldn't move. She could not move her face. Well, Tim went over there and prayed for her. And instantaneously, she got up out of the wheelchair. Her face corrected. Her arms started to move. That is the power of God working healing in people's lives, right? Now, all it takes is for you to believe. But here's the great news about everything that I just said. God doesn't just use Tim's story. He wants to use you to bring healing to other people. 
You have the gift of healing on the inside of you. Now, notice I didn't say you were the healer. You are the carrier of the power of God where you are. And now let me just tell you, you may be sitting here and go, I I don't, you know, this is all cool, Phil, and everything. But wait till you're in the moment when your family needs you and you're the only person that believes. You better know how to pray. You better know how to bring healing to moments because sometimes you are the only feet and hands of Jesus to this world. There isn't any other person. But let me encourage you, you have the power, you have healing that resides through you. Come on, I want you to say that loud. Say healing. Come on, say it loud. Healing flows through me. Not just to me, but through me. Oh, I don't know, Pastor Phil. Okay, let's... Let's look at some words of Jesus. You know who Jesus is? Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that are apostles. Is that what it says? And these signs shall follow them that serve at church. No. And these signs shall follow what? Them that, them that believe. Now watch these signs. I believe as a believer, there should be signs that are following you. Miracles should be following your life. It's just the result of believing. He says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, you shall cast out devils. Listen, they shall speak in new tongues. They shall take up serpents. Okay, there it is. But this is talking about the enemy coming against you with different plots. Paul, the apostle Paul, was bitten by a a venomous snake. He was bitten by it. He took the snake and he threw it into the fire. He shook it off. But because the power that was in his body was more powerful than the venom that was in the snake. And this is what he's talking about, that you have power on the inside of you. You will speak with new tongues. You shall take up serpents. And if you drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. Watch. They shall lay hands on the sick. And what? They, they shall recover. Then who is this to? Believers. 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 So you have to see yourself as healing flowing through you. Is this good this morning? These are the spiritual gifts. These are the spiritual gifts. Here's number five, the next one. 1 Corinthians 12, 10. Another, the working of miracles, right? The working of miracles. Now, miracles, this word here is dunamis power. In the Greek, it's dunamis. Remember we said in Acts chapter one, verse eight, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he will give you power. That word power is dunamis. It's like dynamite, right? It's dynamite. It actually means this, achieving power, being able to be capable to do something, being capable to do something. Now, when God empowers you to do something, he will empower you to do something that you thought you couldn't do. I put in my notes, it's a power beyond our power. It's a power beyond my power. I can only go so far. I can only do so much. But let me just tell you this. When the miracle working power comes on you, it may not give you a goosebump. It may not make your hair stand up, but here's what it will do. It will empower you to do things that you have never done before. Can I give you some examples? I hear people say all the time, you know what? I I, I thought I could never start a business and I started a business. Uh That's a miracle. Listen, oh, Pastor Phil, I never thought I could lead someone to Christ. You know what? But I prayed with my cousin. That's a miracle because you did something that you never thought that you could do. You know what you did? You functioned in the gift of a miracle working. But see, here's what we're thinking. We're thinking spectacular things. We're thinking, but yet when God empowers you, he's going to empower you and give you the capability to do something that you've never done before. I've heard people say this. Yeah, I never thought I could forgive that person. But you know what? I forgave them. That's a miracle. But see, because the standards of miracles are to the place where we're expecting fireworks, we don't even realize that little miracles are happening every day. The Holy Spirit is working in your life and you need to recognize it because when you do, guess what? It's going to encourage your life. But not only that, you're going to be bold in helping other people doing what they couldn't do. That's what I love about our church. There's a lot of people in in our church that are working hard, that are serving in areas. They never thought they would do it, but they're doing it. Can I just tell you, that's a miracle. That's his miracle working power. Don't despise it. Embrace it. 
God made you capable and able. Come on, would you say that with me? Say, I am able. And I am capable. All right, now this time, let's say it like we believe it. Say, I am able. And I am capable. In Jesus' name. So here's the next one. 1 Corinthians 12, he says to another, prophecy. Now, prophecy, when I think of prophecy, you can think of the Old Testament. There was certainly prophets there, you know. But again, I think we just think the office of a prophet, this guy. Now, I know people who operate in this, but they will tell you, you can prophesy as well. You just have to learn and continue to do this, right? Now, listen to what prophecy means. Prophecy means this in the Greek, a divine inspiration and declaring the purposes of God, springing forth of the mind and counsel of God, especially concerning future events, right? So here's how we start. Here's how I started to prophesy. You start, right, by praying with people. I, I pray with people all the time. This is how I started to prophesy over people. I didn't even know I was doing this. But I would pray for someone, say, hey, can you pray? Yeah, sure. Right? And it started in youth ministry. A little kid would come, oh, hey, man, we pray for me. Yeah, I'll pray for you. Man, all right, let's pray. And we'd pray. And I would just pray a general prayer. But here's what I would do. I would start to listen within my heart. And I would start to pray what I believe God was putting on my heart. And then I would just start to pray. And, Lord, I just pray for, you know, little Juanito. I pray for his, his family. And I pray for his grandmother, Lord. And all of a sudden, Juanito would start to cry. <laughs> hey, man, are you all right? Yeah, man, how'd you know about my grandmother? I don't know. I was just praying what I felt in my heart. And how did you know that she was? I didn't know. But I'm speaking the counsel of God over you, right? And all I did is I started with a prayer, and I let that flow from the Holy Spirit. Now, sometimes I don't, I'll even tell you, sometimes I'll pray with you, and I'll say, hey, did that, did that, Make, make sense to you? Oh, Pastor, that made sense. Now, sometimes, it does, no, I, it doesn't make sense to me at all. Well, great, but I'm still not going to stop trying to prophesy over people. I will miss it. The Bible says we, we learn in part, we, we see in part, but let me just tell you this. The more that I've done it, the more I recognize his voice, the more I recognize when he's saying something. And now there's times where I don't even pray. I just see it. I just know it. Why? But you got to start where you're at. And can I just encourage you? Why don't you start with your kids? Your kids aren't going to get offended if you prophesy over them. And this is what I do with my son. I prophesy every day. I put my hand on him or we're driving to school. Son, this is the day that the Lord has made. Lord, and this is going to be a great day. Father, you're going to be exalted. And I just start to speak. You know what? He, my, Gavin, you have the mind of Christ. That's, that's all scripture. And you know what? Then sometimes I'll go into specific things. But you got to start somewhere. Start with what you know. Don't just sit there and go, no, I can't do it. No, you can do this. Just start to speak. Open your mouth. God will fill it with his spirit and his words. But you got to start somewhere. Come on, somebody. Start prophesying over your job in Jesus' name. Things are going to change. You know what, God, you're going to reign in this place, right? Come on, you start to speak. Oh, Pastor Phil, well, that's just kind of really general. Start general and you'll get more specific. But you got to start somewhere. Now, I know people that are very accurate, very, very accurate. And just as I go into this last, this, this last two, I, I want to encourage you because we're going to try to have him here. I, I really like him. His name's Dr. Maiden. Um, and man, this guy is a prophet like I've never seen on it, you know, I mean, just specifically, and we're going to bring him uh, because we just, and he prophesied over our church. He's never met us, and he prophesied over our church that our church will grow to over 500 people and that our church would be an oak tree in Marietta for people to come and be hydrated and that people, would, this would be like an oasis for people's lives. And you know what was crazy is that the other day we met with a, a, a lady, and she said, you know, I'm kind of burnt out at my other church. And she says, I've come to your services a couple times. Check this out. And she says, I just feel rehydrated. And I said, well, that was a prophecy that we got. We got that this church would be uh, an oasis for people to come and get restored, get strengthened. And I'm telling you that that's how God, and it was so beautiful. But let's not just say, well, oh, Pastor Phil, that's great for those people. No, your kids need prophecy over their lives. You need to, some of you need to start prophesying over your husband in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. And you need to start speaking the counsels of God. Start doing that. Now, here's the reality. God may use someone to do that for you and prophesy into your life. Tim's story has prophesied over me many times, and it's all happened, right? And so I'm just telling you, these gifts are for the prophet of the saints, right? Here's number seven. Are you glad you came to church today? 
I actually think these two work together. Number six, prophecy, right? And number seven, discerning of spirits. I actually think these are, because when you have discerning of spirits and somebody tries to prophesy over you who is way off, this one helps. And the discerning of spirits is this. Notice it's not called the gift of suspicion. I kind of know what's going on. Stop. It's not the gift of being nosy. It's not reading people's mind. Come on, somebody. Discerning in the Greek means this, to distinguish what is the Holy Spirit and what is not. What is the Holy Spirit? Why is that important? Do you know the Bible says that the, the devil disguises himself as an angel of light? You need to know and discern what is the Holy Spirit and what is not. The Bible also talks about seducing spirits. And I want to tell you, your life matters. And the devil's going to try to get you off track. You need this. But thank God it's a spiritual gift that God is going to help you discern beyond your five senses. Lord, is this you? Is this me? Is this the devil? You have discerning of spirits. And it's all in there. My church family, draw upon these spiritual gifts in your life. Can I hear a good amen? 1 Corinthians 12, 10, this is another prophecy to another discerning of spirits and to another diverse of tongues. Now, these two also goes together, and here's where we end today. And this gift is probably the most rejected in the body of Christ. I think it's the most rejected because it's just the most misunderstood, right? He says in, uh, the eighth gift is diverse tongues. Why? It works with number nine. So let me just explain these kind of together. When the apostles came out of the upper room, here's what happens. They were speaking in other tongues because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, like some came down last week, we prayed for them, they began speaking in other tongues. Tongues. Now, when the apostles did it, they began to speak in other tongues, and it was a native dialect. In other words, there were some that were speaking in Spanish. There were some that were speaking Portugal. There were some that were speaking, and there were people there that noticed, wow, they are speaking in our native dialect. It was a miracle. It exalted God. That is one way. I do believe that God can allow you to speak another language. Come on, if he can split the Red Sea, he can cause you to speak another language when it's needed. And ever heard very incredible testimonies of this happening. A pastor being overseas and he started to pray in the spirit. Uh, a guy knocked on his tent and said, hey, I didn't know you spoke our language. The guy says, the pastor says, I wasn't uh, speaking your language. I was simply speaking in tongues. He says, well, I heard it in my native dialect and I understood everything that you were saying and it really encouraged me. So that's one way that diverse tongues work. Another way is tongues work as a prayer language. We talked about that list last week. Please go back, listen to the podcast. It was the prayer language. That's your spirit prays directly to God, the direct will of God. And then here's the last one is it is for public public tongues. That is a word that's given in tongues in a public setting. That needs an interpretation. When you're just praying in the spirit at home, you don't need an interpretation. Now, sometimes when I'm praying in the spirit at home, God will bring thoughts to my mind. Maybe sometimes I'm praying in the spirit. My mind is unfruitful, not understanding why it's a spiritual thing. But let me just tell you this. Sometimes if I'm praying in the spirit, one of your faces will come to my mind. And you know what I'll do? I'll start to pray for you. Sometimes God will do that. He'll bring some things to your, your remembrance. Remember, that's one of the things that he does. The Holy Spirit brings things to our remembrance that we, that we don't know and that we, we do. Things to our remembrance that maybe we've studied, but also things that you haven't. He'll bring new things right up to your mind. And so we pray in the Holy Spirit. But the public word of tongues is done to edify and when that is spoken in something like this or a church setting, number nine, the interpretation of tongues, that God gives somebody the gift to understand that. And when he does that is because he wants to speak a great word and encourage people. Now, you have these gifts operating in you. You have them. And remember, the purpose of these gifts is to show God's generosity and to profit all, not just you, but others. My church family, let's let the catalyst work in our lives. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.